Welcome to the Creative Entrepreneur Podcast, where mindset and marketing meet purpose, passion, and profits. I'm Bob Baker, and if you're a creative entrepreneur or someone who runs a heart-centered business, you're in the right place. To get a free collection of sample chapters from my books and audiobooks, just pay a quick visit to promoteyourcreativity.com. That's promoteyourcreativity.com. Now, enjoy the episode. So would you like to know what it takes to become a full-time actor? Beyond that, would you like to know all about breaking into the super competitive Los Angeles market? A lot of people say it's just oversaturated. Why bother? But my guest today tells a different story. She's making it work for her, and she is experiencing more and more success. I know you're going to love this interview. Even if you're not an actor, please listen to this because Ruby Mercado, my guest, has an amazing attitude and a mindset and a work ethic that I know you can apply to your creative career no matter what you do. So please listen up. I'm Bob Baker, and this is The Creative Entrepreneur, Season 3, Episode 20. Welcome to The Creative Entrepreneur, the podcast where I dish out career advice and inspiration for musicians and writers and visual artists, creative entrepreneurs of all kinds, including actors, which is kind of the topic we're going to be focusing on, but this extends way beyond that, as I mentioned. So right off the bat here, I've got to fess up about something. I first reached out to Ruby Mercado about a year and a half ago, and this interview was actually recorded well over a year ago. I feel horrible about this because I remember just after the interview, this feeling like, oh my God, this is really something special. I can't wait to share it. And then I got sidetracked. No excuses. Uh, I just kept putting it off. Uh, but I finally sat down last couple of days and uh, prepared it for you. It's still inspiring. It's definitely worth waiting for. But my apologies to Ruby for uh, just sort of like leaving you in suspense or leaving you hanging there and wondering whatever happened to that interview. A lot of things have transpired since then. I just checked out the Internet Movie Database. And since we recorded this, uh, Ruby has a lot more cool stuff to her credit. I think she did mention the show uh, Scorpion that she was on. Uh, since then, she uh, was also on a TV series called My Crazy Ex. Uh, she was, oh, had a role on an episode of Jane the Virgin. That's very cool. Uh, also had a part in something called The Thundermans, a TV movie called Fault, a uh, short called The Last Colony. Also played a role in The Chronicles of Jessica Woo, another TV miniseries called Bob's New Roommates. So she's accomplished a lot since we recorded this, including uh, just recently she started co-hosting her own podcast called Awakenings in Real Life, which uh, kind of takes a deep dive into spirituality. I think you'll see a lot of that resonating in this interview. So again, Ruby, I apologize for taking so long, but I definitely wanted to share this. It's just as relevant now as ever, and so please check this out. Check the show notes for links to Ruby's various social media sites and that Internet Movie Database page. 
please enjoy my interview with Ruby Mercado. Joining me on Skype right now is Ruby Mercado. Hi, Ruby. How are you? Hi, Bob. I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You bet. My memory is that we uh, originally sort of came across you on, on Instagram and started following you, and then we communicated that way, and, and uh, I just noticed how active you were as an actor or actress. What's the, what's, what's the proper term there? I know years ago, well, several years ago, there was this thing about referring to either males or females as actors as opposed to actors and actresses. What's, what's the proper? The politically correct term is actor, but I'm an actress. It's, it's fine. <laughs> so, so you're good either way. Yeah, I'm fine. Awesome. And you're currently uh, living in the L.A. area or Southern California? I am. I am. I've been out here about a year and a half. Um, and, and you're right. We did cross paths through Instagram. Cool, cool. And so instead of um, me like reading a bio or whatever of you, I, one of the ways I'd like to start off by my interviews is saying like when you meet somebody at a party and they don't know who you are and they say, so Ruby, what do you do? How do you answer that question? I say I'm a full-time actor and um, I depending on how the conversation started or where it's leading, uh, I do say I'm originally from Texas. I've been in LA pursuing uh, TV and film for about a year and a half now. Um, but I did start off doing theater in New York. Oh, cool. I do also throw in there that I am a mom as well because I'm a full-time actor and a full-time mom. So that's a two wow. full-time jobs. <laughs> wow. That, that isn't how, how many, how many kids do you have? I have three, three kids. Yeah. That is a full-time. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> So that's amazing. So yeah, let's just so, or tell me a little bit about your history, because as I looked over your bio, I think you're originally from Texas, like from the Austin area. Is that correct? Or I grew up in Houston, um, but I did go, I graduated for, from University of Texas in Austin. So my heart is very much in Austin. I'm a longhorn girl forever. Um, cool. <laughs> so, so yes, I am from, I'm from Texas, but I've kind of lived in a lot of different places. And what, what, are, what are some of those spots that you've hit along the way before you settled in L.A.? So I lived in New York for a few uh, years. Like I said, I was doing um, a lot of theater work there. And then I lived overseas in Dubai for a few years. And I was doing a, a lot more mo uh, modeling work there. There's, there wasn't a lot of acting work. It was more, I did a lot of commercials. Um, and then went back to Texas for a little bit and then decided to settle in LA. Now I read something, because uh, yeah, you being uh, an active Actor uh, have a uh, you know obviously a profile on uh, what is it uh, I am see internet movie <laughs> IMDb yes it's okay a very very nice tool for us actors cool and even in your bio you mentioned something that is like a reoccurring theme in a lot of the successful people that I interview in all creative fields and it sounds like you've kind of had this bug or kind of did you know you were gonna be on the stage or whatever since you were like a kid. I knew uh, I was going to be in entertainment. I didn't know exactly what I was going to be doing. But I, ever since I was a little girl, I would sing my heart out. I'm not a good singer, <laughs> but I thought I was when I was little. Um, but I would sing and perform and dress up. And I, I just loved being center of attention when I was a little girl. And I actually went into school to study uh, film production. Yeah, I thought I was going to be behind the scenes. And then I started acting more when I was in college and found that that's where my passion lies. So where did that switch take place? And a lot of kids are like bold and, you know, and, and playful and expressive. And then adulthood seems to knock that out of us, unfortunately. <laughs> but but how did you go from there? What do you think caused you to think, oh, I'm going to be behind the scenes. I'm not going to be on stage or in front of the camera. Was it just some psychological block? Or? Absolutely. It was fear. You know, like when you're like you said, when you're a kid, um, I had no fear. I was like, I would. 
have no problem being the class clown or making a fool of myself in front of people and like making people laugh. And I had no fear of performing. Um, and as I got older, you know, insecurities start kicking in and, and things like that. And, you know, my safety was like, oh, I can be behind the camera, you know? And then when I started acting again, not that I got let go of my insecurities or still full on college is a very insecure time, but that's when I started thinking and, and saying, no, this is where I want to be. I want to be in front of the camera. I want to act. And then theater is what the way I actually started. I was just kind of curious because some people um, will uh, live the rest of their lives with that insecurity or that fear or that, you know, that thought that I'm not good enough, Um, but others break through that. Do you think it was just like uh, forcing yourself to go outside your comfort zone? Did you have a couple of early successes that encouraged you or can you pinpoint anything like that that helped you get through it and feel more comfortable in front of an audience? You know, it's, I feel like a part of the fear will, will always be there, but I, I, I reached a place in my life. I think it's like life experiencing life and maturity and having kids and seeing life through their eyes and seeing that you've got to take chances. You can't succeed in anything without risking something. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, life is, is, it's meant to be fun. It's meant to be lived. You're, you're meant to do what, what you love to do. And how can you do that if you keep, keep leading, letting fear win? So I decided to, to not let fear win. And, and that I, I was able to change my, my self-doubt and my beliefs and say, I am worth it. And that took a lot of, I've, I've read a lot of self-help books. I've listened to a lot of um, videos, inspirational videos, and I've uh, learn to connect to nature and meditate. And it's, it's really been time and growth and maturity that has got me to where I am. That's awesome. That, that's a great lesson there. And, and it's a, t- it's not a quick fix type of thing. It's like an ongoing, it's like working your, out your muscles. You have to work out your mind and your belief system and your attitude. <laughs> Right. That's right. But it's just, it's, it's constant work, but you know, aren't we worth it? Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, before we, we started to hit, I hit the record button. Um, we were talking about how I've been, uh, really enjoying teaching and performing improv comedy. And I know you've done some sketch. I want to ask you about that in just a, in just a second, but one of the newer, um, exercises that I do, especially for people that are, that are just getting their feet wet or being introduced to improv is this uh, thing where we stand in a circle and I say that in improv, you're actually encouraged to fail. And you, you know, this is a place where you can do that and feel safe about it. And so we actually go around like in a, in a circle during a warm up. Each person makes some proclamation about either, oh, I failed or, or like loud and proud. They say, I really screwed that up. We all give them a big round of applause <laughs> where we celebrate failure instead of feeling guilty about it. And uh, I think that's probably an exercise that everyone. <laughs> Would benefit from <laughs> absolutely. You know, we're, we're, we're we've been taught that failure is not a good thing. That don't fail, don't fail. It's such a bad thing. Don't cry. Don't you know? Get up, dust yourself off. But failure, it, it's all perspective, right? It failure doesn't have to be a bad thing, and it can actually be a great thing. It's like okay, oh, lesson learned. Not doing that again. You mm-hmm. know. So yes, it's it's when we learn to laugh at ourselves and laugh at our mistakes and grow from from them. And there's such a beauty in being vulnerable and being open and nobody's perfect, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And if you try to be, you'll never reach it and you'll always be disappointed. <laughs> so, Absolutely. So just, Absolutely. So just wel- welcome all the madness, welcome the chaos, you know? Because <laughs> life serves up plenty of it. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, so that's cool. So, so you said in your New York era, this is just a personal interest, but you, you did some sketch comedy. Was that with any of the like well-known 
groups or venues in New York? I, or um, I, I did do some sketch comedy. It, it was um, I don't they weren't that well known. You know, they were just kind of getting started, and uh, it was a lot of fun, and and we had great crowds and. And it was definitely a huge learning experience for me. Um, and I went in, you know, it's, it's, it's sketch comedy and it's improv and it's having fun. And it's one of those things I hadn't trained when I did this. I hadn't trained in improv before. So it was kind of just like throwing yourself out there, which is a great way to grow and learn. Um, so I did learn and grow a lot. Um, but it, it did theater. I, I'm glad that I started in theater because it allowed me to shed a lot of my fear. And to bring up a lot of fears that I didn't realize I had. Mm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's, it's 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 important to bring those things to the surface so that you're aware of them, so you can not root them out. Like you know, because like you like you had mentioned, and everyone does. Like the fear never goes away. You just learn to get on friendlier terms with it. But if you're mm-hmm. not if you're not aware of those things that are underlying that are sort of a, are part of your operating system, you'll continue to be kind of a victim to them. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you see them in a negative light, they're never going to help you grow. And they're always going to keep you from doing something that you want to do. So instead of pushing them away or or ignoring them, embrace them, welcome them in and say, okay, I see you. I'm just not agreeing with you right now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You're you're not the boss of me. That's right. so that's cool. So when did you make your uh, how did you make your transition from mostly stage work, I guess, early on to more film and television? And, and yeah, also would be cool that like what are some of the higher profile things that you've done in the on screen world? So, yes, there's always been a part of me since I was little that wanted to be, do TV. But I kind of, you know, from college, moved to New York and kind of fell into theater. And then that's just the way it worked out. And then, I'm like I said, I lived overseas for a while and then I had my kids and I was in Texas and you know, starting after having my kids, starting to try to get back into acting. And my heart's always been with TV and film. And that's what I wanted to do. And and we had an opportunity to move. And LA was the, the, the place that we decided to do because, you know, TV and film's always been in my heart. So I've been pretty fully focused on TV and film since I got here, which I said, you know, I'm, I'm almost hitting the two year mark. And I've been pretty fortunate to make really great contacts and do some really, really nice work. I'm going to be on Scorpion next Monday on CBS. That's a lot of fun. I'm really excited about that. That's actually my first network credit. Nice. Um, So that's, yeah, that's really fun. And then I have a a Jack in the Box commercial airing at the moment um, for the Hispanic market. It's in Spanish, but it's pretty funny. Uh, So proud about that. And there's this film that I worked on, a short film last year. It's a short comedy and it's being produced into a feature now. So we're filming that this summer. So I'm pretty excited about that too. I mean, I just did a, a horror film that was uh, his official selection at Crypticon. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that's really exciting. I play the lead in, in that's my first horror film. And that was a lot of fun. Is Crypticon like the Comic-Con of horror movies or the horror genre? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. It's huge. It's Are, in Seattle. That's awesome. So, what was your strategy or what worked for you in going out there and just getting involved in the film and TV and commercials and all that? Did you have to find an agent or what was your, you know, what were some steps that you took? I didn't have a, a concrete strategy, but I knew this is what I wanted. I have no plan B and this is what I'm doing full time. So I absolutely put myself out there as much as I could. I started taking classes and then I just started auditioning for absolutely everything and anything that I could uh, to just meet people and get I started networking. I would look up net, networking events for uh, the industry and just really just 
putting myself out there and having a belief in myself that I am worth it and I am good enough and I absolutely deserve this as much as anybody else. I think coming off with that energy, I've attracted really great people into my life. It, it really it, it is like a lot of people want to know what the strategy is and um, or they want to know what buttons to push or what steps to take. And while you can start off with a plan or perhaps someone can mentor you and some suggestions, it's, a, it's about following your instincts and just being active leads to opportunities. Exactly. Uh, you, you've got you've got to be out there. You know, you're not you're not going to make your dreams come true by uh, meditating and visualizing in your living room and then doing absolutely nothing about it. I do visualize every day and I meditate every day and I you know I do strongly believe in that. But I also am working every single day. I'm 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 putting myself out there. You know, I'm I'm meeting people as I'm I'm very open. Like you and I, we met on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm very open to relationships and. With integrity, of course, because I do fully respect myself and everyone in the industry. And it's something that um, I didn't have a concrete plan, but I know this is what I want. This is where my heart lies. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm out there every day seeing what happens and excited about it. How important is it to be like someone who is like, obviously, you got to have your acting chops and be um, things like be on time and dependable. But I think another factor, and maybe you can tell me what you how you feel you fit into this, or maybe advice for others. But like being someone who's easy to work with, um, and and someone who keeps the needs of others in mind. I'm just sort of like uh, assuming, Ab- yeah, that you might embrace these qualities. Absolutely, you know, it just comes down to being a good human being. You know, just be a good person. It's it comes down to the golden rule: do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It is so important and it's a lot of things it's it's one thing that a lot of people forget or don't practice mm-hmm. and you know if you lead with your heart you're going to be a good person and you're going to attract good people and good things will come to you it's not to say that you know you won't negative things won't happen it's just it's you know it's, it all comes back to perspective but absolutely you have to be a good person and you have to come from a good place and just be nice just be generally someone that other people want to be around but like you said acting chops are important i'm in acting class you know and i and i have been and i always am i'm always looking for ways to grow and i study i study other actors that i admire being dependable that's it's another thing i i don't let people i try my hardest not to let people down if i say i'm going to do something i do it just you know those kind of things it's like I, it's just being a good person it seems like common sense, but be surprised how many people <laughs> drop the ball in one area or another there. You know? Yes. Yeah. And you know, and how many people get the opportunity to audition for really great roles and then don't even show up to the audition? Oh, yeah. All right, Ruby. So uh, I have a kind of a list of questions that I usually ask all of my guests because I think it brings out even more of the, uh, you know, what makes them tick and the qualities that have led to their success. So if I were to ask you to name three key things that were responsible for your growth to being a a full-time actor, what would those things be? Well, the main thing would be the the support that I have. Um, It's very important, I think, to have a a very strong base. And my husband is so extremely supportive of what I do, because like I said, I do have three kids. And that is really important, because I honestly would not be able to do what I'm doing without the support that I have. And the belief from my family, they, they believe in me and they love me. And that's, that's amazing. So that's absolutely the strongest thing. Another thing is my belief system. We talked about this before, but being able to shift my beliefs and actually believing that I am one capable and two deserving of the life that I want would be another thing, another key factor. 
and then just being open and, and being, being open to life and being open to the changes because a lot of things that I thought I would have by my age now, I don't have, and that's okay. I have other things that I didn't realize were more important. I get, I, I can relate everything to improv. It's, you know, but, but improv is <laughs> accepting what is and just working with it. And I think that's a great life lesson too, is not being too attached to the outcome. So it's great. Yeah. You mentioned visualizing and I, I have this, I believe that visualization is and setting goals can be very powerful. But if you get too attached to that specific outcome, it can lead to a lot of frustration. So it's like visualize it, but be open to the flexibility that comes with with life and pursuing your dreams. Absolutely. And I believe that's where a lot of people go wrong. It's getting married to that outcome when there's possibly something even better there for you. And that that outcome that you're visualizing is just the best thing you can visualize in that moment. Right. And it's not the only option. Um, right. It kind of ties in. I almost mentioned it earlier, but when that, then, and you've know, you, you mentioned a number of times that you've developed this belief system. So you, I, I'm deserving, I, I'm capable, which is awesome. But some people can take that attitude and kind of like what we were talking about before, they can maybe go overboard in feeling deserving where they show up as if the world owes them a living or, you know, they're frustrated when people don't, you know, hire them right out of the gate. So I think some people can maybe abuse that. I agree. Absolutely. And, and, you know, that, that comes back to what I said before about living your life with integrity. Mm. You know, if you live with integrity and you come really from the heart, you can understand that, that you can be selfish without hurting anybody else. Selfish has a negative connotation and it's not because if you don't care and love for yourself, then how can you possibly care and love for other people? So you have to see yourself as deserving. Only then can you open up and welcome and, and see others as equally as deserving. Yeah, seeing that in others as well is a big switch. Because you can have pride in yourself without walking into the room and going, hey, I'm the best thing since, you know, Marlon Brando or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. uh, thinking you're better than other people necessarily. <laughs> so, you can, yeah, so it's possible to have self-worth without putting others down. But that's kind of what you were you were saying. You see the greatness in others as well as yourself. Oh, absolutely. Like, I don't see myself better than anybody else. I don't. I, I feel like I've, I've come to a place in myself where I truly love myself and I realize how deserving I am of love and life. But I see that in everyone else as well, even mm. if they don't see it in themselves. And I don't see myself as a better or worse than anybody else. It's everyone just has their own journey and their own life to live. And that's okay. That's cool. It's cool. I love it. That first point you made about um, yeah having a family, a spouse, whatever, who believe in you. And there's different ways that you can get support from your family and your friends. I mean, obviously, financially, if you know if you have a spouse that allows you to pursue your dreams without worrying about how every bill is going to get paid, certainly is an mm-hmm. advantage. You know, and I'm mm-hmm. sure you're grateful for that no, uh, <laughs> in your life. But people can also support you uh, energetically and spiritually, or whatever, and just and just encouraging you as opposed to you know that get a real job. When are you going to give up this? You know? Um, and so that's just as important. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. Like, you know, my husband is my biggest fan and he is secure in, him, secure in himself enough to not necessarily need me to be a certain way, mm-hmm. you know? So he is fully accepting of who I am and what I want in life. And he knows that everyone deserves their happiness, you know? So it's, it's just like the, we have a really, really great partnership and mutual respect and admiration for each other. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm married. So my, my rock is my husband and my kids, you know, like they're my foundation, they're my strength. So someone that, that is not married, they need someone else to also 
to be their support, you know, whether it be their parents, a sister, a cousin, like everyone needs someone to believe in them, someone to fall back on, someone to, you know, because it's, it's not always rosy and pretty and, and, and you do have bad moments and bad times and you have to have someone to, to help lift you up or to just be there to listen. So yeah, I, I feel very blessed. <laughs> yeah. And I imagine, yeah, people like I said, who don't, maybe don't have the spouse or the, or the family, you, you had mentioned, you know, you were going to networking events and taking classes and I guess identifying uh, your peers, especially those who have also an upbeat, similar attitude, not the people that are complaining about what's wrong with the local movie or, you know, acting scene or whatever, but, uh, <laughs> but, but you want to hang around people that are going to lift, they're going to lift you up and encourage you. Uh, you have to find that however you can. You do. You want to be around people that inspire you. And, and yeah, there's, there's no reason to add more. There's so many people talking about how hard it is. It's like, I don't want part of that conversation. I want the hopeful conversation. <laughs> right, right. So we're talking about a lot of positive, uplifting stuff. It's, there's so much sugary content here. I think I'm getting a cavity just sitting in front of it. But it's good. It's a, way, it's a way that I think. But let's talk about... Uh, can you think of a uh, either a business or a creative challenge that you faced at somewhere along this journey, and then how you overcame it, and what you what you learned from it? Because you mentioned, you know, I made mean, a couple of references to their low points. Um, is there one that you feel comfortable enough to discuss? Well, there, there's been um, a few challenges, but the one that I'm drawn to speak of right now is maybe other mothers would relate to this or, or, you know, parents in general. The biggest challenge was I did get a a lot of backlash when, because we were very comfortable in Texas in a home and, you know, my kids, you know, in school. And so when we decided to move to LA, you know, we were moving into a tiny apartment. We're not in a tiny apartment now, but I got a lot of, um, oh, wow, you know, you're going to you're going to move your kids and you're going to do this to them. You're being selfish and this and that. So that was a big challenge in and of itself was moving and, and seeing that I'm not going to destroy their lives by following my dreams. You know, if anything, I'm encouraging them to be their own strong people that that will not settle and want what's best for them in their lives. And then with that, also with the working, sometimes I work really long hours, sometimes more than 12 hours a day. And there's, you know, sometimes that I don't see them. And then it's that guilt of a mother saying, Oh, I'm not there for them. I'm not there, you know, doing this or doing that. But then I see moments when my eight year old daughter, the other day, she saw Rogue One, and I didn't get to see it with her, but she saw it uh, with her dad. And she told me she said, Mom, you know, you really could have played the role of the girl. I said, Oh, yeah, why? She said, because she was so strong, and she fought for her family and what she believed in. Oh, wow. I had to get to you. (laughs) Yeah. And so that made me feel like, I'm not hurting them. If anything, I'm, I'm, I'm helping them see life in, an, in a little different way that's going to encourage them, you know? And so, yeah, that's, that's a, a, a big challenge. And I, and I still sometimes do feel bad when I'm, you know, not around them because I'm working. But then when I'm not working, I do put my phone away, put my, you know, computer away and everything. And I'm like, okay, let's go to the beach or let's go here or let's go there. And it's just your time, you know? Yeah. Well, you're setting a great example for them. And I know, uh, yeah, I, I know being a parent, I have a one child, a daughter who's 20 now, but just any parent at all that's semi-responsible will always wonder if they're doing the right thing for their kids. But then when you get other people saying stuff that reinforces whatever that negative voice is, you know, it's just, it does make it a challenge. So that's, that's a great example though. So how about, um, 
Name a book, Ruby, that uh, has changed your life. Uh, I imagine there's probably a number of them. I think you you mentioned being a fan of, or not a fan of, but a consumer of self-help material. But uh, <laughs> it doesn't have to be in that cat category. But can you think of a, of a, of a book that had you know a profound uh, influence on you at some point? Well, well, you're right. There has been a lot of books that have changed the course of my life. Uh, there, there's been a few, but one of my favorite books is this book. I don't know if you've read it called Illusions. Uh, the Adventures of a Reluctant Messiah by Richard Bach. Oh, no, I know who Richard Bach is, but he's best known for what Jonathan Livingston Seagull, right? Right. So this book, Illusions, is, it's it's really, really good. I, I recommend anybody to read it um, because it's a story about a reluctant messiah. This guy that's a messiah doesn't want to be. It's been a while since I read it, so I don't remember the names of the characters, but he's a pilot and, and he teaches this other pilot that really... Everyone has the Messiah within them. And it talks about how everything is an illusion. Everything mm. that you see, the air that you breathe, the, the earth that you live in, it's all an illusion and about parallel lives. And But it brings up all of these themes without forcing it on you. So it's not like, oh, you're doing this wrong or you're doing this right. It's like, no, it's completely free will. You have a choice to live your life however you want to live it. But these are the possibilities. Oh wow! I'll have to check that out. Now that you've... It's it's really nice. <laughs> well, and he, you said yeah. They said part of the story is that everyone has this Messiah within them, or the power, or whatever within them, and they probably don't, and they just don't recognize it, right? Exactly. Like we are all God. We all have God within us. You don't have to go looking for it. Yeah, it's it's really nice without being too intrusive. <laughs> I think yeah. This it reminds reminds me. I think one of the. Uh, best like stories that everyone knows that exemplifies that is um the wizard of oz when the good witch at the end says the, the powers in your ruby slippers you had them all along yeah <laughs> you know and here she was chasing and going through all these things to, to to get to meet with the wizard who ended up being a false you know not everything he was cracked up to be but she had it with her the whole time and yeah i do believe that's like a big part of uh personal development if we can continue down this philosophical road is that we all yeah everything that we need is within us it's just it gets covered up by all this junk stories that we tell ourselves and to me the uh self-development is more is not about adding stuff that's missing from our lives it's really about taking away the blinders and the things that are slowing us down that's right and and, and, you know you can fall into the self-development trap right Mm -hmm. and then like always find reasons to Try this exercise and that exercise and this exercise. And then you're always working on getting better. And ironically, you're not because you're always working on it without, you know, and then it's like, it's so simple. Just sit back and say, I, I already have everything within me. And I really, mm-hmm. I don't have to try to be better. I already am better. Just kind of like, it's kind of like, just let it go and trust yourself. You know? Yeah. And there are people, and I've probably been guilty of the phases, but they're like self-help junkies and they go sign up for all their workshops and all, and all that. And it probably what it does, even though it's good that they're doing that, it maybe reinforces this idea that they're flawed and they need fixing as opposed right. to a realization that I'm perfect as I am. I just need to recognize that and get out of my own way. You know? Exactly. You know? Exactly. Because once you, exactly, because once you start accepting these things that you are and you have, then if they're not serving you, they will change. Wow. We should become philosophers, Ruby. <laughs> it's, our, it's, it's our next book. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, well, cool. It's so oh, here's a deep question. You've pursued this since you know you're an expressive child. You've done a lot of work on the stage, you know, sketch comedy, and then you got into film and TV, and things are really rolling along. So you you know, you, and you obviously are are driven and passionate about pursuing this craft. 
But underneath it all, what motivates you? Like, what's your big why? Why do you do all this acting stuff? I think feel like my purpose in life is to motivate and inspire others. I want to inspire people through my art. I'm a, I've always been, I'm a creative person. I've always been a creative person. And I like to pick me, make people laugh. I like to make them feel. And if I can take them in a journey through these characters that I'm able to portray, then I consider it a success. I just want to inspire people, whatever they may be, wh- whether it's to inspire them to lead happier lives or if they want to be an actor and pursue that or if they just want to escape their reality for a minute and get engrossed in this film or TV that they're watching, then I consider it a success. You mentioned singing years ago, but are there any other areas of creativity that you also you know, dabble or engage in? Besides painting. Oh, really? Okay. Uh-huh. I love to paint with acrylic paints. I haven't done it in a while because I'm looking at my easel as I, t- as, as I, as I say this, <laughs> but um, cool. I haven't, I haven't done it in a while because I haven't had time. I've been extremely busy, but it, that's something I really, really, truly enjoy. Very, very cool. Yeah. And I, I do acrylic painting myself and it also has taken a back seat in the past, <laughs> in the past year. But uh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I find that most creative people have, don't just limit themselves to one discipline. And I guess I forgot to ask, um, do you specialize in a certain type of character or acting? Like, do you like doing comedies more or is it more, you know, or is it a variety of roles? Because I think you played a cop in one thing, which I get. Yeah, you know, yeah. I just I just have a lot of fun playing pretend. I don't I don't have one that I absolutely love or over the other. Um, if I had a choice on what I had to do on a like a daily basis, if it was if, if I got like a full time contract for something, then I, I think I would I would geared towards comedy just because I love laughing and making people laugh and just being kind of ridiculous, you know, it's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I just, I love to play pretend and dress up and all of those good things, but sort of lean to comedy. Besides all the great stuff that we've talked about here. So if someone was a young actor or actress and they were interested in um, yeah, pursuing a career down that path, what are some tips that you would give them maybe in addition to maybe more like industry that they need to, I guess you have to have an agent in, when you're in LA, right? Or a- um, no, no, you don't, you don't oh, have you- to have an agent. I, I just got my agent maybe uh, three weeks ago. So I've done a lot of, most of my work I got on my own. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, you used to, you don't anymore. You can put yourself out there. You can make contacts. You can write letters to um, directors and producers and, and, you know, casting directors of shows that you want to be on. Our craft is really, really important. So I would absolutely say get into an acting class, get into community theater, uh, start auditioning for student films, sign up with whatever film academy is by you and volunteer for student films or put a film together with your friends, write something up or find a sketch online and and start playing so you can learn what it's like to shoot and direct and, and cut it together. You know, you have so many avenues nowadays. You have YouTube and, but you can put little... Uh, you know, minutes gets together and post them up on Instagram. So you can do your own work and watch a lot of movies, whatever it is that you want to do. If you want to do TV or film or theater, watch a lot of it and study the the actors and try to mimic them and ask yourself, why did they do this this way? Why did they do this that way? You know, watch scenes 20 times so you can understand it and where they're coming from. Sit at coffee shops and people watch. It's, It's a great thing to do. I still love doing it, you know, or going to the park or go somewhere and just people watch and see how people interact and how they, how their mannerisms and why they do and how they talk and how they do the things that they do. And that's a great tool to use in your acting as well. 
yeah, there's so many things that you can do. Don't say, oh, I, I, can't, I can't do this because of this. Mm-hmm. Don't build your own walls for you. Just start doing. But it sounds like it's gone through the, a transition just like the, the, the music business and the book publishing business, which I'm much more f- familiar with, uh, in that, yeah, you, you don't need those gatekeepers like you used to. There's so many things you can do on your own to create. Instead of waiting for someone else to pick you or hire you or cast you, you can just do your own thing and get build an audience and get experience. Exactly. The, Social yeah. media is so important now. You know, people are looking at how many followers you have and and what content you've created on your own. People are looking at that. And I'd and I'd say, you know, if you, if you're young, find a mentor. Reach out to someone. If if your if their career has inspired you. If they haven't, you know, Google is such a nice tool. See if you can find an email or a phone number and it doesn't hurt to write an email and say, I admire your career. I would love for you to be my mentor. You know, you got to put yourself out there. No fear. <laughs> <laughs> just, or, well, it's not no fear. It's just like push the fear out of the way. and, and take Exactly. A step, step forward anyway. Um, so what about your future plans, Ruby? What's on the horizon? But any aspirations that you that you have? Yeah, you know, I'm like I said, I have two feature films that I'm working on this year. Um, I am still auditioning a lot. My dream would be to get a, a network sitcom role, a pretty consistent one. I think that's every actor's job is to get a consistent acting gig. <laughs> right. I would love that, you know, and I just want to get more involved in fundraising for a, a cause that I'm very close to, uh, spinal muscular atrophy, which affects children. So I'd love to get more involved with that. I've been really busy because I've been really focusing on my career. But now that I'm getting my footing a little better, I'd like to open some doors in that direction as well. That's fantastic. Wow. And uh, if people want to find you online, Ruby, where where do you suggest they go? I am on Instagram. It's Ruby Mercado L. It's my username. I am also on Twitter as Ruby Mercado L, same username, and Ruby Mercado on Facebook. Cool. Uh, I, I welcome followers. I love interactions. And those are the places I can be found, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Fantastic. So it's your, it's your name, all one word with the letter L, like as in Larry, I guess, at the end yes. of it. Is that right? Yes. Okay. I'll put uh, links in the show notes. Well, this was awesome. You've, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this. You've got a great attitude and uh, one that obviously I, I uh, jibe with. And so it was, yeah, it was a real, I was inspiring for me as well. So uh, thanks for your time. And I, I wish you continued success with everything. And I hope you get that, that sitcom before, before too, too long. <laughs> I know. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bob. I really had a great, great talk. I love, I love talking about stuff that I believe in and that motivates me and inspires me. And I'm happy to have inspired you. Hopefully I can inspire other folks. I have well. <laughs> no doubt that this is right now. All right. Thanks a lot, Ruby. Thank you.